A word of warning before we get started. This episode is about childbirth and as such there are a few gory details. We talk about termination and fertility and infertility and it may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, a podcast about us. I'm Rosemary McCabe. Oh, I'm Beatrice McCabe. And we're really glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. We're super appreciative of everybody listening to us. And we'd also like to ask that if you have a friend or a sister or a... <laughs> if you have a friend like Beatrice does, only one. Excuse me. Listen, if you have a friend, a colleague, someone you know, and you think, you know what? They'd love that podcast. Please tell them. Unless that person's name is Claire McCabe, because she has told me unequivocally <laughs> that she is not enjoying the podcast. I have to stop cursing. There is to be no mention of sex. And I'm embarrassing her. I would so like to say, else. I would like to say, as I said to Rosemary when when she forwarded me, actually, in fairness to you, Rosemary, like this week, you were actually a little bit concerned. Mom, she was actually upset by the fact how, how upset you were. And you sent me the text and said like, oh, should I actually, you know, should I actually stop doing whatever I'm doing? I was like, no, you know what, mom? You need to get, you need to get, you need to get a grip because like Jermaine Greer, although she's like no, no questionable no, nowadays. No, you didn't say Jermaine Greer. No, you I said Gloria Steinem. But I, I, I'm about to say Jermaine Greer, although she's questionable now, at the time when she started was like extremely relevant and her mother, I'm sure, was horrified. Just like Gloria Steinem's mother was, I no doubt, horrified. And look at those women, trailblazers. Although I actually probably shouldn't have said Jermaine Greer because very questionable nowadays. But anyway. Yes, I I do think me talking about my crotchless knickers on a podcast is very comparable to Jermaine Greer's work, <laughs> early work. So, yeah. <laughs> you Take that, Mom. You didn't invent them. How about Mom takes up a case with Rihanna? She's the one selling the crotchless knickers. Right? I've never heard you say Irish. <laughs> How about she takes up a case with Rihanna? She's the one selling them. <laughs> Rihanna. She is, Do you remember Rihanna started shooting that mu- music video in a field in Northern Ireland? Oh my God, that was amazing. And the farmer was so horrified by the that scantily clad dancers when he made them stop. That was amazing. Oh my God, it was so good. That was that was mom. Maybe mom owns that field. <laughs> she just never told us. And in her, in her will, it'll be like, field in Northern Ireland. <laughs> made famous by Rihanna. Crotch less. <laughs> and I like the way also that, what is it? Uh, WhatsApp corrects crotchless to crotch Less. I don't Two think that was WhatsApp. Words. I think that was mom. Oh, that was mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> mom, I'm appalled as well, just so you know. This week, Rosemary, you thought we were going to talk about weddings. And I was like, no, we're not. We're going to talk about babies. No, I don't get to make any of the decisions around here. You make all of the decisions. I said, do you agree? You said yes. Therefore, it's your decision. <laughs> so we're going to talk about babies, right? Or like giving birth or like the act of having babies. Not oh necessarily gosh. like babies, how great they are. Sorry, I thought we were going to talk about like babies and having babies and oh. like deciding to have babies and stuff yeah, and now all yeah. of a sudden we're talking about the act of giving birth something I know nothing about so I'm just going to interview you no Rosemary is that it no exactly the topics you just discussed and also like I hate to break it to you I've, ha- I've, I've had birth I was about to say I've given birth but like I still know nothing about it which is probably 
What, did you have your eyes closed the whole time? No, but like, honestly, I feel, actually, last night, lying in bed, I was thinking to myself, I literally know nothing about this. Nothing. And that's the whole problem. That's the whole problem, though. It's an extremely different experience for everybody. There is no one rule for anybody. It, It depends on your doctor. It depends on... The information that you have on hand, it depends on, Mm. you know, the circumstances that you go into this birth with. And like, and there's no, it's all very like, when you get there, breathe. Like I had a doula the first time, you know, I had a doula and it was like, she was very helpful. You were living your best New York life. Well, I mean, she was very helpful, but at the same time, she wasn't very helpful because only over time. So I've given birth four times, right? Each of those times I've been induced. So I've never had, I've never had that sex and city thing where like your water's You didn't break. splash onto somebody's no, shoes? No, no, I never splashed Thank onto God. anybody's. Well, I mean, I don't know though. There's something to be said for, you know, giving birth naturally. I think, again, having never done it, I don't know, right? But I imagine that it means that your body is actually saying, I'm now ready to give birth. Yeah. Whereas being induced means the the decision is being made for your body, right? Yeah. So, so like every single time I went into hospital, like they give you Pitocin or they give you whatever they give you to to induce birth in you. Right? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why were you induced? Like what what was the logic in your case? As in, I know why some people are induced, but I'm wondering. I just never gave birth, right? So you so went I over at, with all I of them. At, yeah, I was at 42 weeks with Nash. So it's like 40 weeks is the is like the point at which you're supposed to, like is the like full term, right? Okay. So I went 42 weeks with Nash and then they brought me into hospital and they were like, we're going to induce you today. And I was in New York at the time. And Nash, Don and I went in for this appointment because it was like, at any point we're going to induce you. I have another question. Mm-hmm. Did you have your baby bag packed? No, I didn't. Did you have not have, oh my God. Oh no, no. We'll have get you to watched, that in a second. no, no, no. No, no, no. I just want to say, have you watched no, these videos? they told us to pack it. I watched, I watched a blogger doing a baby bag and she put the outfits for the baby into Ziploc bags and then she wrote on them like what day they were for and what was in them for her quote-unquote hubby. I'm well, that's quoting nice. directly. That's nice. You know, you, we shouldn't judge, right? That's nice. Genuinely. If you're... No, but like seriously, if you're that organised, good for you. I was no, not. No, but like my point is, sorry, if you're having a baby with somebody who needs labelled Ziploc bags of this, oh. these are the baby clothes... But like maybe. you also never had a baby. Maybe you do need those but things. like, would you not just pack the bag together instead of being like, I packed this for my well, hubby? Well, I packed the bag. I did have a bag packed. You're, you are correct, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but in that bag, I had a couple of baby grows. I had PJs. I had like the literally like barest basics. Do you have a magazine? No, I didn't. I, I kind didn't. of would imagine you get a lot of reading no, in. No, I didn't. No, I didn't get any I mean, I would have in. imagined as well. I got I mean. no reading in. Okay. So this was in New York and I was in at Beth Israel Hospital. And I have to tell you. That sounds very slabby. It was not. Oh. It felt extremely like what what am I what am I trying to say? It felt like war it felt like a war hospital. It was really, really, really gritty, really grungy. But also like my experience there was really bad, like from my perspective. I went in, sat in the waiting room, I w- I was like, Hey, I'm here to be induced and I went into the whatever, like delivery room and they, they, this was at 11 p.m. and they were like, oh, we're going to give you Pitocin. So they gave me Pitocin, which is the... Sorry, like, 11 p.m. Could you not be like, can we, can we wait for tomorrow? Well, that's, you know, obviously they that have an opening. shit. Go on. So they give me the Pitocin. At 11.45, my baby pops out, right? So, I mean, I have to think like, at the time, it was horrific, right? It was, yeah. it was so fast. It was so unexpected. It was not what I was... There was blood everywhere. They left like all of these... 
like blood filled napkins everywhere and they left us there for four hours with the baby of course the baby like we were delighted like here is our baby we're here with our baby but like I was literally on a stretcher on a gurney for four hours with just blood and like guts everywhere and it was hideous can I ask a question also mm-hmm. about like so you were living in America now mm-hmm. did you have health insurance yes I did yeah I had insurance through my work and so and how much did this like was this covered by your insurance yeah, or were you in paying the end, that on top it cost me about a grand right it cost okay, me about a thousand dollars the whole thing but it's cost me a lot more since like my uh, number three and number your four cost babies. me about three and four thousand each because a friend of mine lives in Utah mm-hmm. and she recently gave birth and she had hired I think either a, like a doula midwife and her plan was to have a home birth and everything was going well and she but she'd been labouring for something like 13 hours or something like something obscene and she ended up going into hospital and they were basically like, no, we're going to have to induce her or else I can't remember if she had. But anyway, she now has a 15 grand bill. Oh, well, my doula was separate, though. I paid for my doula. I, I no, no, no. But her, but her doula midwife was three grand, but she has a 15 grand bill from hospital. Well, just like giving birth in America is wild. It, it depends on your insurance plan, right? It's totally, mm-hmm. It can totally, it's totally different depending on company to company or if you're, if you're self-employed or whatever, like it's entirely arbitrary. So anyway, that was the first baby. And But I also think like that my, my first, oh yeah, and I couldn't breastfeed and all these things. It was disaster, right? Like I just couldn't. But my first. Well, your milk never really came in. Sure no, didn't. Ne- yeah. no, there is like, and I went to the doctor. So after this first, after Nash was born, I, I, I really struggled. I was very depressed. I was very down the dumps. And I remember Don's mom was there for the beginning of that. And she, and I love Don's mom. Like we have a great relationship, but she kept saying like, get out of bed, you know, just get up out of bed. And I didn't feel like, physically didn't feel like I could. It wasn't like psychologically, but I didn't mm. feel like I could, right? And then mom was there and mom was like, come on, let's go for a walk around the neighborhood. And I found it so painful, but not having any benchmark or, or like context yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah I thought this was normal right sorry to keep interrupting but I do think it's important to say that like I think a lot of the time when it comes to giving birth we're really like as women kind of told of course it's going to hurt but then you'll have your baby and you'll be grand you know what I mean it's, you know yeah. so there is this kind of like you'll be in pain but there's no like how much pain is acceptable and like at what point can you go no like something's wrong and it, I think it's really hard to know because you're supposed to be so grateful that you have yeah. this baby and that baby's healthy, right? Exactly. And I remember at a certain point, so it was after about 10 days, I was like, I was like, there is a terrible smell coming from me, right? I was like, there is a, like, really, this is not, is this normal? You know, I was like, I don't mm. think, and I was also in agony, in absolute agony. And we didn't have a car or anything. So I went back, I, I called my doctor and I went back to my doctor and he's like, oh, you have a terrible infection. He goes, you're like extremely infected. <sighs> And he goes, well, we don't really have time. We have no, I don't have any anesthetic. So like, let's just rip these stitches and like, let's sew you back up. Because he was like, oh, whatever the stitches, whatever happened with the stitches, like this inf- got And this infected. is just like in the doctor's surgery that he's like, yeah. oh. And, but I had also, I'd also been an hour on the subway. That was the other thing. So like sitting down had been incredibly painful. But the thing is, you know, you know that after you give birth, sitting down will be mm-hmm, painful. Mm-hmm. Going to the bathroom will be painful. All these things. So mm-hmm. it was like I didn't know what was like what was a normal. This is this yeah. is not normal yeah. painful because because logically you're like oh my god this you're like yeah. I've just given birth to this enormous skull. Yes, of course, like of course it's going to be painful. Of course I'm going to be in pain. And yes, exactly. But two weeks later, like I was I was thinking this this is really bad, right? Like this seems like you know, mom seems to think I should be up and running around, and Don's mom seems to think I should be looking delighted, and I feel miserable and I feel terrible. So I went back and and he was literally like, and I thought he was a great doctor at the time. He was my first doctor, but 
in hindsight, he was a very good doctor. I don't think he was great at maternal care. Yeah, or just understanding care. that this was like extremely traumatic. And also mm. I I couldn't. So I got a, um, a lactation consultant to come in because the baby screamed the whole time. And I was up every night. I was reading, what's it called? The Good Little Baby. What's it called? My cousins recommended it to me and it's called like the Well-Behaved Baby. I can't remember. And it basically says like, here are the things you should do. And everybody who does it swears by it. Oh, Mm. amazing. And I was like, I'm a failure. And if you go online as well, you know, literally everybody is like happy to tell you, you are a failure. You're an absolute failure. The Happy Baby book, is that Uh, it? The Contented Baby, isn't that it? Something like that. And literally everybody, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I was breastfeeding him and I was, I wasn't producing enough milk and I was. And but you like, also didn't know this no, at the time. I, no, I knew I wasn't producing enough milk because he was crying all the time. But the but, but like every time you go online, it's like you, of course you can. You're made to produce this milk. Of course you can. Mm. And when I went back to the doctor, I said, like, I really don't think I'm producing enough milk. And he goes, he goes, of course you're not. He goes, 50% of women don't. What's your problem? Why do you think, why is this your expectation? And I was like. How would it not be Sorry, my I've expectation? Ne- I've never heard that figure before yeah. in my entire life. Who's ever told me that? So then I call mom and I'm like, mom, like you never. Oh, also, I was also shocked by this fact of like you bleed for six weeks after you have a baby. Like you literally have Which a, nobody a six tells week you. period. I yeah. go, mom, what is this? Like you never told me. She goes, nobody ever told me. What are you expecting? How, how are you? Spo- how was I supposed to know? Nobody told me either. I'm like, what well, you could have told me that would have been extremely helpful. So the whole thing. I know thing she was, hates talking about periods. Yeah, though. but all in all, I just felt very isolated. None of my friends had had kids. I was mm-hmm. definitely the first of all of them, you know. But then the next couple of times I went and I had kids, I realized I I I I feel like a, it's the so first funny time, that like you've had four kids. So you talk about it now, like you went to, like you're going to the supermarket. Like the next couple of times I had kids, but the next time I went, I I said, you know, I I didn't realize that it was up to me if you know what I mean the next time I went I said oh I'm they were like oh you're going to be induced and I said okay I said well I'd like to be induced over 12 hours and they said okay nobody even said to me would you like to be induced over x hours never ever ever did anybody ask me ever in any one of these four experiences ever ask me what I would like or how I would like it to happen I said I would never have known you could yeah. That you could delay induction like I that. Said, I thought it just. Eat, I said I'd like the Pitocin the to happened. happen more slowly. I would like oh. this to happen over 12, 12 hours. I would like this to be a more slow experience because I was thinking, you know, is it normal? Like for most people who go into labor, their water breaks, they give birth. You know, it's like their body starts to prepare and their there body are steps yeah. gradually yeah. gets ready for this. Through. Whereas my body was told in forty five minutes give birth you know like it went mm-hmm. from zero as they say and here they like to talk a lot about like how open you are and how open you're not and dilated, like, dilated yes and yeah. I'm like I'm not really into that but that's I think probably the Irishness or the Claire McCabe in me and I can never really figure it out is it you know when they say you're eight centimetres is it like eight centimetres in diameter or eight centimetres side to side eight centimetres in diameter because I'm always like but that sounds massive yeah well it is massive I mean, it is massive, but like yeah. literally I went from zero to whatever it's supposed to be, 10 seconds in basically. 45 minutes, yeah. right? And you just think to yourself, like, of course that body's not ready. Like, of course you're going to tear. Of course you're going to be ripped. Of course you're going to do all these things. And did you have an epidural? I had an epidural every single time. And also, this was the other thing nobody said to me, maybe this epidural isn't going to stay. So every single time I had to have two epidurals because the first mm. time I would have it and I was like, I still feel my legs. They're like, you don't. And you think you do. And I'm like, no, no, I do. I feel my legs. And they're like, you don't, you don't feel them. Do you feel this? And they would take a needle and like stick it in my legs. Yes, I feel this. Oh, she feels her legs. I'm like, I still feel this. I don't know why you don't believe me. 
And then afterwards, somebody said to me, one of the doctors goes, oh, it's quite common for people with like red hair or reddish hair to absorb, to have um, a higher, to a have higher pain threshold, higher resistance. No, to have a resistance to, to anesthesia. And it was interesting because I also have the same thing when I go to the dentist. Well, so do I. That's what I was just about to say. They always have to do it twice yeah. to me when I'm always like, I can still feel that. And they're like, oh, no, you can't. I'm so like, no, I can't. that if you ever have a baby, you will probably need to have two epidurals. Oh, no, I'll be giving birth naturally. It is still natural, Rosemary. It's still natural. It still came out of my, sorry, mom. But you know what? Like, like me even saying that, I think there's such, there's such a weird there's focus. There's such a weird com- competition. No, no, no. There is but I'm, though. Yes, yes. But what I was going to say was there's such a weird focus and onus on having a birthing plan, which almost assumes that you're going to have control over it when for at least, I'd say 50% of women, if not more, you don't. Well, I remember like, you my don't doctor get said, to do my everything doctor you said want. to me, if you have a birthing plan, I'm not the doctor for you. I've I've heard a few, I've heard a few doctors say that, but I also think that that makes sense because like you can't control it. But I do think that there should be an awareness of like here's what these things mean because to me yes. it's shocking that if you're a doctor and like that all these doctors who obviously induce people regularly never once said, would you like to be induced over one hour? Would you like yeah. to be induced over six hours? And I, I and the point was that when I was induced more slowly, those recoveries were amazing amazing like literally within four or five days I was like I feel great I feel fine I can walk around I can go to the bathroom I can do all these things that like the other ones that were more extreme and more traumatic to my body were like two three weeks and just like mentally shocking yeah you know what I mean mentally like terrible yeah there have been a lot of discussions like especially around the campaign to repeal the eight there were a lot of discussions about women's agency in birth in ireland or or kind of lack thereof and talking about how say in maternity hospitals in ireland you'd have a time frame where they'd go each woman gets two hours or whatever like you know or 10 minutes like i actually have no idea what it is but you'd get a time frame so therefore the amount of choice you can have is very limited by we need to get you in and out of the delivery room within x amount of time but it's interesting that you're saying that it's similar in America because I kind of would have thought that because in America they're going to, like, obviously, if you're in hospital for 10 hours or you're in hospital for 30 hours, you get charged more money. You know what I mean? So, like, I would have thought that they would give you way more options given that it's a pay, it's a paid service rather than a public service, if you know what I mean. But, I mean, it's a paid service either way you look at it, right? Like, they're all they're all paid. You know what I mean? They're all oh, the, charging for... the people, you mean, yeah, like the, the I mean, staff. Yeah, like, it's a paid service either way you look at it. I just think it's it's... I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's interesting that we're looking at um, situations and like, again, I'm sure if you're a doctor and you listen to this, like, please don't judge us, that you look at you look at the amount of C-sections that are becoming more and more common, like that there is, to your mm. point, like there's more of an onus to get this done and get move in on, next, you know, yeah. yeah, like that it's not always necessarily, and like the selective C-sections, you know, because like C-sections are actually really obviously invasive and traumatic and mm-hmm. like to do something like that. Because you want to deliver on a certain day, and I, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that's why most C-sections happen, but there is in America certainly there's a like I'm going to have a C-section so that I can be on this day, you know, versus I'm going to have yeah. I'm going to be induced so I can be on this but day. You know what? I think that's also in America a lot to do with. I mean, there's just my theory is that it's to do with uh, maternity leave as well. That if you choose a date and you go, either I'm going to be induced, yeah, or I'm going you to could have be induced, right? Yeah, yes. Exactly. But I mean, also. If you're induced, it's still a little bit unpredictable because the baby could come in 45 minutes or you could still end up 
taking a little bit more you, time. Certainly, but like at the end of the day, if you're if you're if you have a C section, oh well, that's actually true. If you have a C section here, you actually get extra um, maternity leave. But like, oh, only, do you? Yes, but only something like an extra four weeks, so not anything major. Oh, but like, but and you're also, not allowed, but you're not allowed to lift your lift your baby for like six yeah. weeks. You know, just like in but, Ireland. But if you have a C section, and I'm not sorry, I don't mean to be sounding like. I'm promoting C-sections. But if you have a C-section, you know how much, like, you know your recovery time, more or less. Whereas if you're induced, you don't. No, I mean, I, I would I would not necessarily, I, I mean, I feel like the C-section is, is so longer, the recovery time. Oh, the yes, yes. But weeks of recovery. But at least you know. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you can plan for it. That, mm-hmm. like, I do think there's a certain kind of, I know I'm going to have to go back to work after eight weeks or whatever. And you know it's going to take you eight weeks to recover from the C-section. Do you know what I mean? Mm, not really but like I get what you're saying but I also think that the return to work time here is is really challenging for mm, people like mm. I have friends who are extremely senior in their roles and extremely talented but at the end of the day they can't afford to decide you know they just can't afford to lose six weeks pay or 12 weeks pay because you get six weeks actually paid and then the other- and is that paid at your salary or does it depend oh, on the company? Do you know what? I can't 100% remember now, but I think it's paid. I think it's six weeks paid at your salary, one week of which is deferred. So it's five weeks paid at your salary. And then after that, it's like a portion of your salary paid to you, you know, and not everybody will give you like six weeks guaranteed leave. Beyond that, it, it's at the it's discretion of your company. And if you're in the top 10% of earners in your company, I think I said this in, your, in the podcast that I did with you. It's at the discretion of your company. Now, I've never heard of a company deciding that you were too important, that you couldn't have the uh, maternity weeks. leave. Yeah, but that is a right that they that they hold. You know that if you are that important to them, that they could decide you need to be back tomorrow, like you mm-hmm. need to have the baby and then be back on Tuesday, kind of thing. Um, but I have friends who have been extremely senior in their roles and like who have had to decide that they need to be back in six weeks because even though they're senior they, they just couldn't afford to support their families and they're like they're the breadwinners they couldn't mm. afford to be back like to not be back at work and I just feel like the idea of being back after six weeks because if I think about Nash who was my firstborn and I think I don't know if you touched upon it earlier or not but he at, at about six weeks or about the three month mark we had a scan and um, the doctor said you know he has a cyst in his stomach looks like he has something wrong with his stomach and she went off and, you know, it's it's really awkward. It's really awful. Like it's that moment where you're having the, the regular scan and mm. the the person, the scanning technician kind of goes, hmm. And then they leave the room and then they come they back. They get a second and, opinion. Yeah, they get a yeah. second opinion. Then the doctor comes in. The doctor came in. The doctor said to us, and at that point, Don and I were in every scan because it was our first baby, right? Mm-hmm. And afterwards, like Don was like, it's all up to you. It's grand. Like <laughs> you can go to most of them. And he came to a few, but like the key, the key ones, but not, not everyone. But they came in and they were like, um, so it looks like your baby has a cyst in his stomach and it could be nothing and it could be something. But if you'd like to think about termination, then you can think about it today. You know, if you do it tomorrow, then that's going to be totally fine for you. And we were just like shocked because obviously, of course, they're giving you your your options. But as a person who's thinking you're having a baby to just be told, like, we're seeing something on your stomach and now you can have a termination if you want was like so bizarre. Right? But also like, as an Irish person. Well, uh, but like you're coming from a culture where that would never have been an option at that point. Well, yes, but having never had a baby in Ireland, it was more just it was more just the like the lack of, I suppose. And again, I thought this doctor was really great and had a great bedside manner. But in this case, this was a different one. This was a she. I felt like she was just missing that moment of like the recognition that this in your mind was a baby, you know, that Mm. this in your mind was 
had hopes and dreams attached to it, you know, and, and they're like, so we see a small lump here. And if you'd like to terminate that lump, you're like, um, I'd like even two seconds to even process what you're telling me, you know. So that first pregnancy for us was an absolute nightmare. But I just feel like people, it's funny because I think pregnancies are so personal to people who are having them and so abstract to the people who are not having them, you know. What, mm. what do you think? Like, I mean, obviously you have not had a baby yourself, but like you've lots of friends who have babies, right? Mm -hmm. And you've probably been more of a sounding board to them than I have because I feel like my friends who are having babies are all in Ireland and they all have their own friends to chat to. So I don't think I've been that person for them. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't think I've been that person for my friends either because so there was one of our friends who had babies who had her babies kind of before, you know what I mean? So like her oldest would now be about six, whereas a lot of my other friends have maybe like two and three year olds, you know what I mean? So she had a baby before anyone else. But I think she, like she didn't talk to me really about childbirth or about her baby. And I think because none of us had had kids, do you know what I mean? So she spoke to her sister, or she spoke to her cousin, like somebody who had context for it. And now I think as my friends have all started having babies around the same time, they're more sounding boards for each other, which has definitely been a source of not like not envy but I, like there is a kind of a sadness to it sometimes where I'm like I would love to be more involved and I feel like I'm automatically excluded because I don't have kids and because I haven't been pregnant and I haven't given birth you know what I mean yeah and like I think that's a little bit difficult and but I but I also understand because like especially in so say eight years ago if you'd asked me I would have been like I definitely don't want to have kids I'm not maternal at all I've no patience all of which are probably true except for the not wanting to have kids like now as I've got a little bit older not even as I got older I think probably when I turned about 31 it's just life it's just life you yeah. know like I, I literally all my life was like I'm never having kids I'm never having them I don't want them and I fucking for them you know what it is as well though like we mentioned this um, in a previous episode, but I don't feel like I have any hobbies. I don't particularly love traveling. So I think I started to think at one point, like, what am I going to do with my life if I don't have kids? I'm going to be so <laughs> bored. I'm be sitting at home, like, rereading all the same They're books like, I've already read. kids to, like, distract me. To entertain then, me, yeah. But then they don't entertain you. They just ah, they do some drive you nuts. Now, well, do they? Well, you do love some of them. You do yeah, love some yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically when I decided or when I kind of had... It wasn't really that I decided. It happened very gradually where I kind of suddenly started going, hmm, maybe I wouldn't mind if I got pregnant. Maybe I wouldn't mind if I got pregnant. But I'm I feel like, like that's normal. Right. Like, I, feel yeah, like the, totally. I feel like so many people are just like, absolutely not. Get these absolute knobs away from me. And then you're like, you meet somebody you like or you, you know, you... you. It just takes one good baby to make you think. That's wouldn't exactly mind one of those. right. Yeah, maybe I just and, met a whole lot of and, shit babies. And you're not even, you don't, you don't witness the sleeping patterns of this baby so you see no. only the good of this baby right yeah yeah whereas if you had witnessed the sleeping patterns of my babies you'd be like because i mean i'll tell you nash god bless him didn't sleep at all because he was not being fed enough and when the that lactation consultant put him on the scales she was like oh we've just watched him like you feeding him for 45 minutes and he is 0.1 ounce heavier than he was when he started She's like that's not good Meanwhile, then Bo gets born and Bo's like literally in a coma from 9 p.m. till 9 a.m. Heaven child. And then Chance is born and he does not sleep until he is two years old. Oh, yeah. And then his baby brother is born, at which point he falls into comas. And his baby brother, who is now two years and three months old, still does not sleep through the night. So it's been five years and two months and I have not had a full night's sleep. And yet I look this young and delectable. That's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying was, I think when I kind of started talking about, you know, I think I actually might want to have kids and like this oh, all... Sorry, back to you. Yeah, back to me. 
this all coincided very unfortunately with kind of the breakup of a five year relationship and I had like recently decided I wanted to have kids and then I think my friends all got very sensitive you know what I mean so like they all knew oh shit like Rosemary's gone through this breakup she's now single she's also unfortunately decided she wants kids so like they didn't like they especially then didn't really talk to me about so it you know what I mean Rosemary, would you think about okay now admittedly you're hanging out with Brandon right so it's not like guess, <laughs> hanging out with yeah you're right. hanging out with Brandon but like would you have considered I mean when I was at when I was living in New York that's the wine Rosemary's opening the wine again Jeez, go, it's me. get on it's me oh, drinking they the wine they know it's you oh do they when um, <laughs> when I lived in New York um, a lot of my um, I was about to say senior colleagues <laughs> makes them sound like they're 90 they probably were they probably uh, were no. in their 30s at the time and you were in your 20s no they weren't they were in, they were in their late late 30s a lot of actually they were not I'm being nice they were in their early 40s they were where I am today what was I just watching oh my god oh my god no Rosemary you were about to no, ask Rosemary. me something I about my head. life and now I was all of a sudden we're Rosemary. talking about you today, today is October 31st Halloween and I was watching <sighs> Adam's family and I googled Morticia Adams to see how old she is she was 40 in that movie and I am look great about to be 42 I'm older than Morticia Adams yeah but she looks younger than you what are you surprised about <laughs> Listen, get back to get back to you what, whatever you were saying there. Bint. Would I, I consider? You're going to say, I, would I consider freezing my eggs? Which I find one of well, the most annoying well, questions I was, people ask me. Oh, well, I was about to say more. Th- I, was about to, I, <laughs> I was more about to say she was swooning over her husband in a way that I'm sure Dan is like, you should be swooning over me like that. Anyway, Nobody yes, you're correct. The husband like that. Um, but yes, I was going to say, would you freeze your eggs? And then I was remembering that you had that whole TV thing where you went to, to freeze your eggs, etc. And I was like. Would you like you to comment on that, Rosemary? managed to reduce significant moments in my life to that TV thing. So, I would like I would like all of our listeners to realise that Rosemary, although she is smart, she's intelligent, she's witty, she still does that terrible finger mark quotation thing on a regular basis. I don't, I'm actually impressed. You can't do it. Your fingers are not coordinating. You're trying to do like the bunny ears quotation marks and your fingers are going at a different rate. Oh my God, I'm going to make a gif out of this. You cannot do it. Why would they do that at the same time? What is wrong with my God. What is wrong with my fingers? I mean... I don't know if I've ever seen this before in my life. I think it's so What's going on? Why won't I have taken I have taken a video of the oh, embassy oh. in the corner and I shall turn it into a gif and put it on our Instagram. Okay, Beatrice. They're working. They're working. They're not. Shall I answer the question? Yes, please, Rosemary. What happened with that TV thing? So I'm just gonna wait for I'm just gonna wait for a silence. A couple of years ago when I worked at Stellar magazine, around the same time that I think I had decided or I'd started to think about maybe maybe I maybe I wouldn't mind having a kid. I I got asked to do a thing for TV three, I think it was for Ireland AM or something, where they basically wanted women. They wanted two different women who kind of were on TV3. Oh, were there two women? Yeah, I think there were two or three of us. But oh. I, don't know, I don't know who the other I people were. I thought it was were. just you. No, I think there were a couple of us. Okay, good. I'm not actually sure, but they wanted us to go. They, they, they were having somebody on from this clinic in Dublin to talk about freezing your eggs. And so it was this clinic that you could go and have your fertility tested, like have your ovarian reserve tested. 
and You're then ovarian reserve is that actually a, a, a phrase? Yeah. How I many eggs have left? I find that offensive. Is there a fra- is there a similar phrase like your testicular reserve? No, is because that- men are have testicular reserves for for days. Hugh Hefner still has them. Anyway, yeah, but 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 like they may not always function. Like sometimes it's not always the the fault of the woman. No, but like, this is basically. I mean, like what I gather from my very rudimentary understanding of medicine and science, very rudimentary, is that it's just they they usually test the women first. They're the ones with the eggs, and it's kind of an easy first test to do to go. Or maybe they're the ones. That it's easier to test first because they're the ones who are normally thrown on the front lines. Anyway, but yes. like they're also the yes. ones, the ones women I think are more likely to volunteer themselves up for this kind of oh, testing, whereas million, men are like it's not my actually problem. Actually, a million percent. Anyway, so they wanted women to come in and have their ovarian reserves tested, and then go onto the show to talk about the experience of it and what the results said and blah blah blah. And I basically went and had my reserves tested, and I remember they called me. A nurse called me a couple of days later and I was in the office and she called me and she basically said, we've got the results. And it was like, like random. She, she like, told you this in the office? Yeah, on the phone. Did she say like, would you like to have this conversation in private? Or? I think, I, I mean, she was on the phone, so we were in private ostensibly. Yeah. But I think she said, is is now a good time to talk? Would you like to wait? And I was like, no, no, go ahead. Because I also yeah, like... Yeah was like, I've never, like, this has never worried me. I've never thought about it. I also had that stupid thing where, like, I think when I was a little bit younger, I was always like, maybe, maybe I'm infertile because, like, I've never got pregnant and I've always been very lackadaisical. Yeah, you know what you know I mean? What? So I always thought that I, I, I always thought that I would have tr- trouble conceiving. And clearly you did not. I did not. And you've never had your ovarian reserve test or I have not. Maybe anyway. I should. Anyway, so your one rings me, says, are you okay to talk now? You know, would you like to wait? And I was like, no, it's fine. And she basically goes, okay, so your your test says that you have, I can't, I can't even remember what the test is called, but it's basically like, they give you a number, right? Random, like could be four, could be 15. I can't remember what it was. And she goes, you're showing a number of blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, so what does that mean? And she said, well, for your age, we would expect a higher, like, I think it was a higher number. And I was like, okay. And she said, so it basically shows that you have the ovarian reserve that we would expect from a woman in her mid to late 40s. And so I immediately was like, okay. okay. And then like burst out crying. Aww. So I'm like crying in the office. Thank God my my big boss wasn't there. But like, I think Kirsty and Linda were there and they were like, oh my God, what's like, you know, are you okay? So basically what she said on the phone was that what it showed was that I didn't have as many eggs as I should have. Which, oh my God, I don't know why I'm getting it's upset about right, it. It's all right. Um, it's all right to be upset. I know. And she said basically but that... But also... Well, hold on. I'll talk for a second. No, I want to talk. Oh, okay, sorry. So she said basically that um, women are born with the amount of eggs that they'll have forever, which is mad when you have a baby girl, she's got all her yeah. eggs inside. It's so yes. weird. Yeah. They're born with all the eggs they'll have forever. And then she said with, with mine, it, they weren't able to tell at that point if if I had been born with fewer eggs than than is average or if they were just dying quicker. So she was like, basically, I think she was saying it's slightly more worrying if they're dying quicker because by this time next year, blah, blah, blah. So she was like, you know, we would recommend that you strongly consider freezing your eggs. Now, she's also from the egg freezing clinic. Excuse me. This is also at your desk in the office. You were still having this conversation. Yes. So she was, ob- now, she was actually very nice. Oh, I'm sure she was, but I'm more I like, think, I think like I said in an office, like, yes, like totally. in another room? Totally. Yeah. I think I said, like, what would you recommend? She's like, well, well, we would recommend freezing your eggs. But the thing is, I've suffered from depression now for over a decade. So I think about, or like I've been diagnosed for like over a decade. I have been on medication for like the better part of that decade. I have not been on hormonal contraception 
because it totally fucks with my brain as it does for so many women yeah. for years, right? Yeah. And so I, like, I'm kind of going, I don't think I would actually be able to survive the, 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 the hormones that it would take to... So you have to take hormones to like increase your, your egg release or your egg... Not production is the wrong word. So you have to take hormones firstly and then you have to take hormones when you're having your eggs removed and then you have to take them again when you're having them re-implanted. And I was just like, I don't think... That's not something that I think I would ever be able to go through and survive. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, that's not, that's just not an option for me. But I did have my ovarian reserve tested again a year later um, when I went for another free thing when um, I got invited in for like an executive health check with Charter Medical where they basically do everything and they're like testing you for everything. And part of it is like they, they do a DEXA scan to look at your bone density and they also do your ovarian reserve. And I'm sure there are other things for men. The result that we got the next year showed that they weren't dying quicker. I just was born with fewer, if you know what I mean. But yeah. then, so the doctor that I spoke to that day, I actually loved her. She was amazing. She was talking to me about how she loved turning 60 or like being in her 60s I think, or maybe in her 50s because she was like, men totally ignore me now. It's very freeing. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm down in the cafe down the road. And like, honestly, honestly, she's like, the men behind the counter will be flirting with the woman ahead of me and I'm just so bored on her behalf and they'll just practically completely ignore me. It's so wonderful. I was like, oh my God, it's actually gas. And then she told me as well that she, she, we were talking about my weight or something and she was like, oh, so you weigh this and your body fat percentage is this. And I said, yeah, I know it's too high. And I was like, I just, I'm like, I can't be arsed dieting. And I was like, you know, I don't really hate my body anymore. And she went, well, of course you shouldn't hate your body. It carries your brain around. I was like, love her. Anyway, but she had said to me, she was like, the thing is, you may have like a lower number of eggs than is expected or than is average for your age. She said, but you only need one. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was like, like one egg getting fertilized. That's, that's all you need. You don't need like the number of eggs doesn't make it any more likely necessarily kind of thing that you will actually end up getting pregnant. So that was a comfort. But anyway, the, the like long and short of it is, no, I wouldn't consider freezing my eggs. And I don't think I would go for artificial insemination either because, well, because now I have Brandon who I'm hanging out with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, but I mean, artificial insemination, I mean, like part of it as well was just, I was like, oh, that's I could never actually, have afforded yes, that. Sorry, sorry. I wasn't asking at all about egg freezing. I was asking about artificial insemination. But I think you have to take hormones for that too because it's kind of like IVF, the implantation. Like they I don't do, just I, do a turkey sorry, baster. I'm, I meant like, oh well, I didn't even watch that movie with Jennifer Aniston. I more meant though like on a, um, you know, intellectual basis, would you want to do artificial <clears throat> insemination? How would you feel about it? I think I feel weird about it now that they can be traced. Well, I read an article in the New York Times that I will share that was very interesting that was like this one person talking about how was it a he or she I can't remember I think it was a he and he said his moms I think I think it was two moms had used artificial insemination to you know to have him and then over the years they 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 were very like kind of liberal or very free with their information about about where he came from and he then went and searched out where his siblings or like co-siblings could be or whatever I don't know. co-siblings I think is a word I just made up but his siblings or whatever <laughs> sorry we should actually just change this to be called not without my co-sibling oh well <laughs> not without my co-sister <laughs> but it was actually amazing like the the article goes like it showed all of the various siblings that he tracked down and there were like 26 of them or something and I like I I found it an amazing article because I was like how would you feel 
How would you feel? I don't know. And like so many of them, so many of the boys looked so alike and so many of the girls looked so different. Well, I don't want to lower the tone now, but I did read an article in Take a Break magazine several years ago. So lowered. Where they were talking about siblings who had either been adopted or who had been born to different parents in that similar way who met much later in life and ended up falling in love oh, well, because they liked the look of each other's Well, faces. Rosemary, there have been multiple cases and Don will tell you in Florida as only yesterday Don was saying if you could just Google your name, your birth date and the word Florida you No, will no, find, and the words Florida man Oh, Florida man and you will find some hideous crime that has occurred and we found it was mostly true except for Brandon because he was born too recently in 1992. So nothing bad happened then. That would still make him 28, which is fine. Oh, sorry. 19, 2002. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 1902, but that wouldn't work. But anyway. Um, that happened in Florida where siblings fell in love? Oh, my God. I was about to say, like, no, that has happened so many times in America. What happens is the daughter seems to find this biological parent, this biological dad. There have been multiple cases over the past five years that I have read in the news. Oh, where she, I've heard she, about this as well. She finds the the father. They fall in love. They then have children or try to have children. And then in, invariably, for whatever reason, like I'm, I'm not trying to sound dismissive, they end up murdering somebody. I'm like, I can't even, I, I, I like, I can't. This has absolutely escalated from no, like, but I read siblings these, sometimes yes, fall in love. No, 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 no. This is not siblings. This is the, the no, daughter. No, yeah. Finds the daughter the dad, and the dad. And it's really like yeah. they never knew that they were related, but suddenly they go and murder the nurse next I door. Think, I like, think I read one control. where it was like, you know, he was working in the local video shop and they met and they just became friends. They didn't realize that he's her biological dad. Oh, no, sorry. In most of these cases that I read, is like they knew who they were. Oh. They knew who each other, other was. And like she goes to then live with him because she's trying to get to know her dad. Next thing you know, like she the really passion. gets to know him. You mentioned that giving birth to Nash was severely traumatic, right? Why did you not stop after the the one trauma? Great question, Rosemary. So actually, I was just about to give you a comment on the exact same topic. And I was going to say, you know what? I realized after Chance was born, he's number three, right? I held him and I walked around the house with him and I was like so enamored by him. And I just remember saying to Don multiple times, I was like, oh my God, we actually made this baby for free. I was like, he is, we actually created this thing out of nothing. He is amazing. And we created him and he was amazing. And we should have another one. I think Don was like, you're nuts. You're acting that nuts. That sounds absolutely nuts. Oh, yeah, also, well, you'd already made two of these amazing things. Oh, Why did this only occur to you on number three? Because I think number one, I was extremely depressed. Number two, I was just like, I was, I don't know that I'd had this. You were like, shocked same- that you weren't depressed about Probably, but I don't think I had the same feeling of bliss. I think I was like super delighted. But we also, I'd also like to add that every single time I had a baby, I moved house and I moved state. Well, I hate to sound like mum, but that was your decision. Absolutely. Thank you, Rosemary. But I think You're it welcome. played into something. I pl- think it played into the, the the stress level and, you know. Yeah, but also like, I mean, obviously if you had given birth to all of these children on your ranch in Nevada yeah. while your husband worked as a farmhand, you would have had time to focus solely on these children and your feelings about these children, whereas you were moving house and exactly. working and Thanks, Rosemary. House. And I, you know what I'd like to say to mom? I'd like to say to mom, you know what, mom? Yes, it was my choice. But was it my choice, mom? Was it doesn't it my... matter. It doesn't matter. She's not Sorry. listening to the podcast Sorry. anymore. She is. Was it my choice to move for a job that was paying my salary? Was that my choice or was that something I had to do? You could have stayed in the old job. 
No, the other jo- Rosemary, if you take on Vince Camuto, they let us all go. Oh yeah. So like the that. point is like, you know, you don't always have that choice that mom thinks you have. Like sometimes you have to do things because you have to do them. And I love the fact that mom thinks you're like you have a job and then you're employed until you're dead. That's not actually. But that's how it was in her day. That's not life anymore. And I remember, and I would like to point out to listeners at home that I remember when I was let go from Vince Camuto. So Vince Camuto is, is a footwear company in America. And I'm sure you're, I'm sure like lots of people are aware of it, but they have lots of licenses. They own like Tory Burch footwear. They own Lucky footwear, etc. And they opened a handbag division. And, and I was part of that handbag division. I was like the head of design, etc. And they were like super excited about it. And a year into it, they decided they were going to just shut it down. They didn't tell me this now, like just so you all know, this was a surprise to me too. And when I got a phone call, hey, can we meet tomorrow and like have, you know, coffee in the morning? I was like, let me bring them up. Oh, you mentioned this on another episode. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, no, no, no. Will I bring being... the bagels? Yes. It was like, no, 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 you're being fired. So like, but the whole <laughs> point is... That like you get let go from these companies, you know, you you don't necessarily have a say in it. And I remember I said to mom, oh, I got let go. Mom calls me later. I told everybody, everybody's so sad for you got fired from that job. I was like, I didn't get fired, mom. Like the entire department got let go. Mom's like, that's what I said. I told everyone you were fired. (laughs) I was raging. (laughs) Happy or happy. (laughs) Oh, that's love. So I feel like you've probably fully terrified people. Oh, sorry. Out of out of the idea of having children. I have a lot more terrifying stories. Okay, no. We don't want any more terrifying stories. Okay. What I was going to ask was, what would you, like, what would you recommend, or what, what, like, what would you say to people to say, like, what are some positive things you can say about giving birth that, that aren't just like, you get a gorgeous baby? Oh, no, you know I what I mean? I think it's really important to understand when your doctor says, this is my plan for you and this is what we're going to do, that you understand, what does that mean? Like, what are my options within that plan, right? Like, if you say to me, I'm going to be induced on November the 12th, do I have options? If you say to me, I'm going to, you know, when you go and you give birth and you're not induced, what are my options? Like, what should I do? What should I not do? What would you recommend? What have you seen as best case scenarios, worst case scenarios? Like, what would you think would be a great plan? Because I don't know that the doctor even thinks to have that conversation with you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's more what I would say is like, how can you engage your doctor in more of a conversation about, because I feel like they, they think that they're answering all your questions, but I don't But they've also done it hundreds of times. So for them, it's a completely different. I think most of the time they do not realize that you don't know what questions to ask. So I think I would say to them, what would you recommend? What do you, and I think I would actually say, I want to have a 45 minute meeting with you where I discuss this. It's outside of like an examination. Mm-hmm. Like I want to spend 45 minutes talking with you about what we should do when I give birth. If I give birth in A scenario, B scenario or C scenario, what should it be? Like, and, and I really would have that conversation because I never had it. And I had to come to the conclusion myself. Mm-hmm. And it was so much more... Like it was truly me at home going like, that was a disaster. Why? Yeah, worrying. That was a disaster. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like I would really like to know people's experiences, whether they're in Ireland or not, with that kind of thing. Because I often feel like, so from my own experience going to the doctor in Ireland, right, not for necessarily maternity care, but there's often a sense that, okay, I have 11 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the allocated time. Yeah. So like, 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 how does it work if you're, if you're seeing a consultant or you have a doctor and you're going for maternity appointments, like, have, have you felt like 
you could ask for that time and you could take that time from your doctor to truly ask the questions and have them answered that you wanted. You know and what I, I mean? And I'd love to hear from people who are not just... Because I think very often it's easy to tell the horror stories, which I even told myself tonight. Like, they're the easiest stories to tell. But, like, what are the stories that you felt were really productive towards, like, a better outcome? Mm. You know, like, I really th- thought for myself that, you know, timing that that inducement, like saying, I want this to last 12, 12 hours versus one hour, was and like I would never have known massive, you could do that. Yeah, was a, But I mean, I didn't even think I thought I could do it until I said, "Hey, I I would prefer this," and they were like, "No problem." Mm. You know, they just like gave me delivered the drug more slowly. But that yeah. was not that was never discussed to me as an option. So, what would you think would be something that would be useful for people to know? You know, versus yeah. just a horror story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like, I mean, I mean, I'm interested in the horror stories too. Oh, like, yeah. Like same from a kind of a gory yes, details. Tell but, me all but, the gory details. But I would really like to know what would be helpful for people to know. Yeah. I remember when our uncle got cancer, I remember our aunt telling me that one of the most shocking things that, that happened was that he began to lose his fingernails through chemo. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I never knew that would happen. And she was saying, apparently, it's a possibility that can happen, but nobody had ever told them. So when it started happening him, he was like, oh, my God, what's happening? So I feel like there's so much to do with giving birth and being pregnant that people don't tell you. Even even like stuff like the way your hair can really dramatically thin. Oh, my God, we didn't even talk about that. Nobody tells you that. that again. (laughs) Oh, my hair fell out. We'll talk about that separately, but not the first time, not the second time. The third time, unbelievably bold. And unbelievably straight. It went entirely straight. We'll talk about that separately. Yeah, yeah. We have a whole thrilling episode yes. coming up on our, uh, yes, our we do. hashtag curly hair. What's it called? <laughs> curly girl method. That's right. Hashtag curly girl method or not. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any contributions, anonymous or otherwise, you can email us notwithoutmysis at gmail.com. You can message us on Instagram at notwithoutmysister. We have a website, notwithoutmysis.com. And we're both on Instagram. I'm at Rosemary McCabe and Beatrice's at Beatrice McCabe, both with an A and R Mac. And we also recognise that this is a topic that, like, there are so many different avenues we could go down, you know, talking about theoretically having children, raising children, you know, the whole, I don't know, just like there's so much about it. So we probably will come back to it and touch on it. And we may do a mini set or two reading out other people's experiences because I feel like, I mean, I know our podcast a lot of the time is just us laughing at each other, but I feel like this is probably a topic that's worth giving a little bit more time and space to and sharing people's stories because I do feel like it would be really helpful. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Recommend us to your friends if you like this. And if you don't, keep quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound and original music by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie.